WebmasterRadio.fm. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and welcome to this edition of Cover Story. Hey, Mick. Hey, how you doing, Brandy? Honestly, a headache just sprung forth. Oh, man. Isn't that? Not on showtime. No, no. So I'm just going to uh, have mind over matter and realize I'm in great company, and uh, I'm I'm going to shelf the headache. (laughs) <laughs> it better be really good company then. It is really Which good I, company. I think we do have some good company today, actually, and it's not me. It's uh, it's our guest for the day. It is, but it is you first and foremost. Oh, thank you very you're much. You're the reason Always. why I come here every week at two thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time and do this is because of you. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's likewise. I always enjoy the opportunity to work with the great Brandy Shapiro and, of course, all the folks behind Webmaster Radio. Uh, I love that. It's our love fest time. Hey, so we've had a crazy past week, the both of us. Yeah, it's been it's been some busy time. I know I just got back from uh, San Francisco from being down there on business for a couple of days and got in late last night. Rained cats and dogs. You know, you go to California thinking, eh, you know, yeah, it's San Francisco, but it should be sunnier than Washington State. <laughs> right. No. And then uh, I was uh, a couple weeks before that, I was down in... Um, Los Angeles and the rain cats and dogs. I don't know what it is, but and everybody back home keeps telling me how sunny it is up in Washington. It's like, you know, then I come home and it rains again. But see, you know, that means you're doing good business. Good business, gray skies. It's raining money. That's a good thing. There, there you go. There you go. It's good for the farmers, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All, all the farmers of, of northern and southern California have now been blessed that Nick's come go. to town. But, I mean, you had, we had Ecom Expo last week. Oh, yes, we did. And AdTech Impact actually was in Fort Lauderdale. They concluded their uh, 10-city road tour in Fort Lauderdale. So that was really fun to hang out with the folks from AdTech. Excellent. And uh, that was an interesting conference because I, you know, I, I do like, um, I think every conference has its merits, but I definitely like to be in a smaller environment. That way you really get to meet everyone there. There's re- there really is value to that from a, from a networking perspective because I know that I've gone to some of the larger events that we participated in, thinking, man, I really want to meet this this particular uh, presenter speaker. I'm, I'm really interested in what they're trying to accomplish. And either they just get mobbed with people or the event's so big that you, you know, never can quite catch up with them. It's so, true. And, and at some of the smaller events, you can actually get some one-on-one time and sit at a uh, tabletop and, and share lunch or whatever and, and really gain some valuable insight in terms of our industry, and it's it's fun. It is. Or, or you know, like us, just have drunken you know, Webmaster Roundtable, <laughs> which is always extremely revealing. Um, so I, what I thought we would do is maybe we could introduce who today's guests are going to be. We'll take a short break and then come back with them. So absolutely, absolutely. We, we should uh, definitely present uh, this, this particular speaker, of whom I shall introduce first. He is a speaker <coughs> emeritus with WebmasterRadio.fm. He has shared some ex- extraordinary experiences within the bookmarking industry with us in the past, and that is none other than Michael Drew. Well, we will have Michael Drew, and then we will also be joined together with uh, one other individual who's an extraordinary writer 
in the in the publishing space, and that's Chris Maddock, who's a, a um, follower of Roy Williams' philosophy, which uh, was Roy Williams, for those of you that don't know who Roy Williams is, he is a writer of marketing content, and he was a huge influencer for the Eisenbergs. And there, if you've read their book, Call to Action, and, and can't uh, speak too much, but I understand they have something else in the very near future for us as well, but they've they have uh, you know really taken online content to a new level with when they start talking about their gravity well and in their whole conversion process of, of online marketing and and Roy Williams was very influential in terms of of uh, the writing style that uh, they use and uh, today we we will have Chris Maddock as well uh, joined together with Michael Drew to share some of his insights and experience. That's super exciting. It is. It's super, super exciting. So anyway, let's go to our first commercial break. We'll play a little homage to the people that allow us to continue this to be free to the listening audience. And we'll be right back with Chris Maddox and Michael Drew. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. WebmasterRadio.fm Keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Webmaster World PubCon 14 comes to Boston April 18th through the 20th at the Heinz Convention Center. If you're involved in the production, marketing, or management of a website, this educational conference, starting where other conferences finish, is a must-attend event. Get the edge at PubCon with superstar author Malcolm Gladwell April 18th through the 20th at Boston's Heinz Convention Center. Register now at PubCon.com. That's PubCon.com. Raising your ad inventory profits to the next level today is as simple as xy7.com, the only affiliate network giving you top payouts daily. Plus, you'll enjoy over 100 fresh high-converting offers, your own xy7.com debit card, good anywhere, and true 24-7 dedicated support. Our affiliate managers even sleep with their Blackberries. So why run your ads anywhere else? Let your site work harder for you today with xy7.com so you won't have to. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may. May end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. 
3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. Increase your organization's bottom line with unique, highly effective, permission-based email solutions from Exact Target. Now, discover why more than 4,000 organizations worldwide rely on Exact Target's on-demand software for strengthening customer relationships and controlling email throughout their enterprise. Get superior technology and support for bottom line business impact with Exact Target. Visit www.exacttarget.com today. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hey everyone, this is Brandy Shapiro Babin, and I'm joined with my awesome co host, Mick Jolly, and our two featured guests for today, Michael Drew and Chris Maddock. Welcome, guys. Thank you. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're do- doing fantastic, thank you. <laughs> well, what makes you so fantastic outside of the obvious? Uh, just the obvious. I'm always doing fantastic. Have a number one book, uh, a book number one on the New York Times uh, for last week, and feeling pretty good about it. So. That's awesome. So, tell us about that number one book you have on the Times bestseller list. That's an amazing achievement. Well, that, it's a book by Phil Town titled "Rule Number One." It's an investing book. Um, rule number one being don't lose money. <laughs> um, being supported by Peter Lowe, uh, who supports the, uh, who does the Get Motivated seminars. It's a, it's a great book. So, good, good for you. So I understand that um, the two of you are are truly working as a team right now. Yeah, that's right. Okay, super. So that's Chris speaking. Chris, can you give us some background on the both of you working together and sort of how you package that together and, and some of the some light that you can shed on us because your your expertise, if I'm not mistaken, is in creative writing. Uh, well, that that's true. Uh, to, to go back a, a few years, Mike and I have uh, worked together on on bo- uh, book projects for I guess about ten years now, uh, starting with uh, at the time my uh, my employer's book. His name is Roy Williams, and it was one of uh, Mike's first big success stories, and I was the, the right. editor on that book. Uh, it was uh, it was w- the Wizard of Ads, Secret Formulas of the Wizard of Ads, Secret Formulas of the, the Wizard of Ads. It was the first book I ever pushed on the bestsellers, just in the first book that Chris on. And I edited that book and uh, met the uh, the strange and wonderful uh, Michael Drew, 
and, uh, and we, we've kept in contact over the years. He's, he's actually now a, a partner of mine in a, in a little thing uh, called Wizard of Ads, which uh, is under Roy's halo. But uh, uh, we got together pushing books, and uh, uh, I do a lot of uh, work for, for PR Web as well, doing uh, for, through Mike. And uh, our idea is to, uh, to, to sort of package what Mike does and, and to bring it to a, a wider spectrum of authors uh, so that uh, people have a better idea of how the, the book world works and how to do what they want to do, whether that's grow their business or, or be on the bestseller list, uh, uh, to give them a, a better idea of how that's done and for, for those who choose to, uh, uh, to, to do it, to, to actually uh, try to make that happen. Excellent, excellent. And, and, and a lot of it is really maximizing your own personal platform. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's uh, some of the things we're trying to define right now. Um, you know, your, your, your platform, whatever that is, whether it's your uh, uh, local Toastmasters group or, uh, or if you're, you know, if you're uh, a Trekkie and it's uh, all, of the, all, all of the people that are in the, the Trekkie organization. And uh, it, it's really whoever, whoever's interested enough in your uh, way of thinking uh, to, to at least want something free from you and possibly in the future want to pay for something from you. The, the, the technical jargon, Chris, Chris says it much more eloquently than I do, but the technical jargon that I like to say is it's your name and reputation within your given industry or niche and your ability to capitalize on that name and reputation in the generation of sales. That's pretty eloquent. There you go. I think that was extremely eloquent. I mean, because we've had Michael on in the past, and I, and I think that people don't always take stock in themselves personally or in their brand or their name as a brand that, you know, A, everyone has a book in them, but it allows you to meet and exceed certain business objectives as well as uh, at times personal objectives by, you know, writing a book and allowing that to sort of herald your way down the pike, so to speak. Does that make I, sense? I think sometimes, I, I think sometimes people get the, uh, the order of, uh, of what's possible mixed up. Right. If you have a platform, uh, sometimes it's really easy to, to write a book and, and more importantly to some people to make that book sell. Um, a lot of other times, people have a have a good book but have no platform, um, and that usually that sometimes might not be the point to try to get a, have a bestseller. Um, in that case, sometimes it's a it's, it's a it's a better goal to to try to grow your business with that book, to try to grow your platform with your great book, so that you'll be better uh, positioned to have a bestseller the next time you write a book. So. A lot of what we can do for people and are, are, are trying to help people with is to define where in that system people uh, are at presently uh, so that we can help them either to grow their business, to grow their, grow their platform, or uh, if they're ready for it, to, uh, to, to get them a bestseller. Excellent, excellent. So I think, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a very interesting strategy. Um, and I think it's, you know, something that's not often brought to light. And I know that we've sort of, you know, carried the torch here because it is a great way. And it's a great way to extend your expert status, to um, establish more credibility for yourself, your company or your brand or, or what have you by getting out there, you know, from a business perspective, let's say, not, not the personal, let's not look at like the Trekkie perspective, but more the business aspect of things is truly continuing your um, expert status or creating an expert status for yourself because books give legitimacy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Best-selling books give, you, give, give even more legitimacy. Well, yeah, of course. If you get on, on the Journal of the Times bestseller list, I mean, that's probably about as close to a Pulitzer as you can get. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, sort of the Pulitzer or the Nobel Prize for Literature, there's not, <laughs> there's not anything better than being a New York Times or Washington Journal bestselling author. No, hardly not. So can we talk a little bit about um, your ads campaign? Because I know nothing about it, quite honestly. The which campaign? You are Wizards of Ads. Is that what you said at the beginning? Oh, that's a, that's a partnership that we have with uh, Roy Williams, the author of the uh, book series, The Wizard of Ads, Secret Formulas, The Wizard of Ads, 
Magical Worlds of the Wizard of Oz. Um, Roy has been a proponent of effective communication for the last 30-some-odd years. Um, he's built his name and reputation within the radio industry, um, and from there he's been able to expand it with the release of his, his various books to go from radio advertising and communication within radio advertising to communication in general. And he's created an entire academy and camp here in Austin, Texas, dealing with the communication arts. Wow, that's exciting. I've heard a lot of wonderful things about it. And I hear the people that, that come out of it from a sales perspective or from a writing perspective, are, are their skills are so beautifully honed. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, why don't we go and do this? Let's go take a quick commercial break. And um, we will be right back with Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Here you go. Who are these people? Your customers. Customers? Yep. See, now that you're sharing all your media files through P2Pads.com, you know, like your MP3s, video files, software, pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And advertising all your sites through our global peer-to-peer network. Get to the point. Well, we're able to bring millions of your fellow surfers, basically, right to your front door. For more details, visit us at P2Pads.com. P2Pads.com. Expose yourself. choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I'm joined with my awesome co-host, Mick Jolly. Welcome back, you. Hey, thanks, Brandy. And um, we also have online with us uh, Michael Drew. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's terrific. So anyway, prior to, so you guys are really involved in a, a lot of different things, but all of them predominantly book-driven? And Correct. That's, that's my primary business, and uh, Chris's primary business was dealing with writing and with uh, related to communication and advertising. He's a writing guru and expert, and 
I'm a guru and expert with marketing, so it's a it's, it's a good fit for us to, to work together on book marketing related uh, things. So, so it, could you explain more, sort of, how you guys develop the relationship, and you know the the specialties that you both bring to the table, and how our listeners could benefit from the way that you work together? Well, sure. Um, I mean, we, we just developed a good personal relationship when, when I started working with Roy Williams on the Secret Formulas of the Wizard of Ads uh, bestseller campaign. And we, we hit it off, and we've maintained a, a personal relationship for the last eight years just because we, we've hit it off. We've been working together for some time since both he and I have both started our own businesses, he with uh, advertising and helping uh, clients do traditional forms of advertising and me helping authors uh, become best-selling authors. He's been writing a lot of the content and copy for many of my clients, um, writing the press releases that uh, we send through PR Web, um, as well as he's written quite a bit of copy for some of my past clients like Steve Kaplan. He wrote the majority of the copy for that site. He also does some other things. Uh, he wrote some copy for the uh, Universal website. Um, what we're currently working on is a new business model, um, and we're, we're uh, working things out with a PR Web department with PR Web on this as well. But basically the, the concept is... Um, a project green light for books. Essentially, in, in the book industry, there were roughly 197,000 books published last year. Um, of those 197,000 books, probably 20 to 30,000 of them made up 80 to 90 percent of, of all book sales. There's a, a process that publishers go through to determine which books they're going to publish and which, they're, which books they're not. It's essentially the slush pile. And w- what we've identified is that publishers don't really have the time to identify what books deserve to be published from a content standpoint or from a marketability standpoint. Mm-hmm. Rather, all they look at is the marketing ability of the author, which is important, but it also leaves a lot of good books on the table. Absolutely. And so, and so what we're doing is we're creating a system to objectively grade manuscripts on a category-by-category basis so that we can essentially act as the slush pile and be able to communicate to publishers and agents what books, obje- from an objective standpoint, um, have a higher probability of being successful than, uh, than other books. And uh, so that's what we're currently working on now. So you're able to take, which I mean, that's so that's terrific. I mean, so you're working on both sides of the fence. And Correct. I would assume prior to taking on a project, you would look at it from its like true aspect of marketability. Well, the, the, the service that we're really looking at doing, and again, barring the the uh, PR web model, um, will offer a free service where authors can submit a manuscript for free, and publishers can certainly go through if they have the time to look at those manuscripts and decide if they want to publish them. But our paid service, what we're going to be, what we're going to be asking money for, is um, to, give, to give the grade. And, and this is where the real service to the publisher is, because if, by giving the grade, we can help them identify which books are be- better written. So we'll, say, charge $500 to have a manuscript objectively graded, and then we'll post that grade to our site. And the better the grading, the more likely it is that the publishers and agents we'll will, will to have it. to... To, to be able to to, to uh, review that manuscript. Okay, so what what an interesting. So you are go- truly going to be sort of you're you're the screening device between the publisher, correct, and the author. And I would assume that on you know going even further with that because you have the relationship now with both. If they're using you as a trusted source, yep. You know, yes, the guy that submits it for free using the PR web model um, will still get some activity and in, in, in could be likely that he would be you know um, found so to speak. It increases the probability, absolutely. Which is great because you are a trusted source, but a little bit better commitment would probably also get 
them um, better notice because now you're pre-qualifying them, which is the reason why you are the trusted source. That's right. And I'm sure that a lot of people have come to you with great the ability for great marketability, great content, but it's not it's it's not where it needs to be. So then you can well, also it, it, lend it, your hand it, it, in that. Absolutely, but the, the, the bigger issue is that most authors actually don't realize the how, how heavy publishers weight marketing. They don't really understand that. And so it's difficult to communicate to someone, hey, here's what the real problem is, because that's not how authors perceive the, real, uh, perceive the, the book industry. And so what we're doing is we're getting them into a system where, we ed- where we're able to deal with what they think is valuable, which is the content in their book. And then we'll have a, a system in place where we'll be able to educate them about, hey, it's great that you have a good a fantastic book, but here's the reality of the industry, and here's what you need to do from a marketing standpoint, which is actually even more important than the content. But we have to start with what the authors perceive as most valuable. Even if it's actually not the most, most valuable to a publisher, we have to start with what the author thinks is most valuable, which is the content. Right, which, and, we'll, I, and I do remember you saying, and I think, Mick, Mick, you, you're saying it so much more politely today, Michael. I'm so shocked at you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's usually like, you know, listen, the deal is this. You may have something that is so near and dear to your heart. Screw it. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, right? It doesn't. Well, let's ma- face it, you know, people, people hold something very close when it's their own creative work, and sometimes they just got to recognize it may have value to them, and that's great, but it may not have value to the uh, world at large, or may be very hard to package it in such a way that you can get the world at large to look at it. Absolutely. So, that's where I think Michael's uh, project that he's got going here is pretty interesting. Yeah, well, because it allows it, it allows you, and it also allows them to probably to take a look at other people's work and not get so hurt because you know you work in a vacuum as an author. I mean, my mother's a published author, and you're sending out manuscripts to all of these publishers. Well, you're not standing in line with all these other publishers discussing your woes, right? Exactly. You're sending it in blindly. So if you even just from a like a perspective of seeing other people being able to, you know, they're contributing their work as well, and they're seeing that you know, you know, I'm not the only person out there. Well, not, not, not only that, if you've sent your manuscript to 10 different publishers and you've got rejected 10 different times, you're not getting feedback from the publisher as to why. Right. So our grade, our grading system will actually give you the reasons why publishers aren't picking it up. It, it, it'll also lead into the marketing standpoint, which is probably the real reason it's not being picked up. But from a content standpoint, we'll actually be able to speak to your need, which is to know about the content of your book and actually answer why, from a content standpoint, publishers would not be interested in your, your manuscript. So from a, now, how many, how many big publishing houses are there out there, and how many of these publishing houses do you already have a relationship with? There are 10 major New York publishers, which make up 80% of the sales in the industry. Um, they've got div- different divisions within, within th- those 10 publishers that probably make up a total of uh, 150 or, or so uh, pub- publishing houses. Uh, and I-, I would say that I have relationships with eight out of, out of, the, out of the 10. That's awesome. Okay. Now, do the, are those, all, those are also inclusive of all like the, the trade houses as well? Yeah, correct. I, I'm only talking about retail trade. I'm not talking about uh, academic publishing. I'm not talking about necessarily spiritual or, or niche publishing. I'm specifically talking about retail pu- publishers that pu- publish for the sake of getting books on, onto retail shelves. So retail retail publishers. Excellent. I actually think I, I think this is I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a wonderful way for someone to take a look at, as well at the exercise of, of in the process of having a book published. Right. Well, and this is this is why I'm working with Chris because while I understand the marketing side of, side of things, it takes a, a special talent and expertise to really understand the written word and communication to be able to break it out and make the grading an objective process. And that's why I'm working with Chris because he is 
an, an expert who is capable uh, at creating such a system for for us. So he's a great partner to have. Good. Okay. So explain. Explain. All right. So he's creating the system. He's cre- he's he's creating the objective criteria by which the manuscripts will be graded. Ah. Okay. 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 That's excellent. And and do you have that criteria laid out yet? We're, well, that's what we're that's what we're currently working on. Okay. Okay. When do you think something like this will be launched? Well, our goal would be to try to have it. Um, well, I, I, ideally, we'd, we'd love to launch it tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Um, ideally, probably the beginning of next year would be a, a great. January of next year would, would be great for us to have it launched by then. Uh, there's obviously a lot of iterations and, and detailed work that that has to be done to be able to get this going, and we also have to put together a board of advisors once we've created the criteria, a board of advisors that consists of the top New York agents and publishers to get their feedback to make sure that there's a, an agreement and consensus that the objective criteria that we've put together is what they agree should be the objective criteria for grading manuscripts. So there's there's some work to do, but um, ideally we'd probably want to get this launched by the first of the year. That's exciting. I mean, it's really taking, I mean, it really does. It makes sense for someone that wants to publish a book to be able to understand the path that they're walking down. I think it is a brilliant idea. Yeah, you're right. They don't get any feedback from the publishing houses, and it's harder to it's harder and harder every day to get a direct content there, contact there. Plus, I mean, agents can be a little hard to deal with. Let's say unless you actually know who they are, or they know who well, you are. Agents are actually harder to get than publishers, but that's because agents. <laughs> Agents have to actually screen harder than a publisher does because they they have to put their reputation on the line for every single author they represent. Mm-hmm. And so if they if they represent an author that does not create sell through at the store level, they're hurting their reputation, and they're going to make it harder for them to get better advances for the clients in the future. So from that standpoint, it doesn't make sense for an agent to to work with every author. Whereas a publisher, uh, most publishers today still take the old philosophy of grabbing a handful of mud, throwing against the wall, whatever sticks makes you your money. And that's the basic philosophy that most publishers follow today. So that they're willing to take a, a few more risks, risks. If you can actually get an agent, you, you should get a better um, author advance and royalty and more marketing support from, from your publisher because what you're essentially getting is the agent's reputation for picking winners. Excellent. Is it still the same way, though, that it used to be that anybody basically can become an agent once you fill out a form and, and send your fees? You don't even have to fill out a form. Oh, because it used to be you had to fill out a form. I, I'm pretty sure you don't have to fill out a form. God, that's so what, crazy. What, what does agenting mean? It means that you're, you're the representative, representative of someone else. But you, don't need to, you don't need to fill out a form to do that. Because I had, which is a, a funny thing, a couple of years ago, like a bunch of my friends all decided they had a book in them. So they all decided they wanted to write this book, and they wanted me to be their agent. I said, I'm not an agent. <laughs> but I called and I forget where it was that I called. They had me call somewhere and they explained to me like the process to become an agent in the whole nine yards. And at the end of the day, I said, you know, this is really lovely that you think so highly of me, but um, I value our friendship a lot more and would love to sit and listen to readings of chapters and whatever introductions I can make. There's, there, there's no, uh, as far as I know, there's no federal regulation on, on being an agent. Right. Isn't that crazy? I, then I don't know where they sent me because I remember, I remember oh, seeing... Oh, prob- probably so. See, there's so much disinformation in the industry that and, and people really don't know what they're talking about. I suspect that, that there is some service out there that makes money by giving, by giving you some certificate to be an agent, but it doesn't right. mean anything. Right, so. exactly. It's all about getting the deal done. Yeah. Right. So why don't we do this if you want? Um, we'll take a short break, and then we come back, um, we'll speak with Chris. Fantastic. And that sounds terrific. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back on Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. 
Research Organization's bottom line with unique, highly effective, permission-based email solutions from Exact Target. Now, discover why more than 4,000 organizations worldwide rely on Exact Target's on-demand software for strengthening customer relationships and controlling email throughout their enterprise. Get superior technology and support for bottom line business impact with Exact Target. Visit www.exacttarget.com today. Webmaster World PubCon 14 comes to Boston April 18th through the 20th at the Heinz Convention Center. If you're involved in the production, marketing, or management of a website, this educational conference, starting where other conferences finish, is a must-attend event. Hit the edge at PubCon with superstar author Malcolm Gladwell April 18th through the 20th at Boston's Heinz Convention Center. Register now at PubCon.com. That's PubCon.com. You're brilliant Brilliant. at creating innovative ideas, Ideas. building brand value, and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. happening. That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web Trends Marketing Lab. You bring the art, we'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbin. I'm joined with my wonderful co-host, Mick Jolly. In this past segment, you were able to listen to Michael Drew talk about a new service that they are going to be offering. Um, regarding, regarding, that's a new word. I'm going to coin that. <laughs> Re- I like it. I like it. Well, well thank you. I, I do try hard in this world. Um, regarding people who um, are either authors or would-be authors to allow them, they're going to work as a, a barrier. Uh, I should say a buffer. I should say in between a barrier. God, you know what? Someone just really needs to like, how to lose 20 pounds of ugly fat fast. Just cut my head off. This is horrible. Um, no, you people should not be laughing at that comment. <laughs> I'm going to get your sales pitch down. Hold on one second. You allow authors to be able to submit their manuscripts and the publishing houses, the 10 top publishing houses in the world are going to be looking at um, at the various submissions that, that are, are listed there. So it gives them... Um, more of the ability for them to get noticed. More importantly, if people subscribe to um, to your um, new site, so to speak, then you will give them feedback and grade them on their manuscript and help give them some some help so that they will um, have the best marketability and will get picked up by a publishing house. <sighs> How's that? That's pretty good. This is Chris, by the way. Yeah, no. So we're now joined our our, our the 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 other half to Michael Drew is Chris Maddock. And uh, you are the creative and objective side yeah, to things. I'm I'm more the creative. I'm the I'm the I'm the fuzzy feel good half. Oh, uh, we like uh, fuzzy feel good. Part. Maybe the good looking half too. We don't we don't know. But it, this is radio, so we don't worry about that. Thank God everyone um, looks good on radio. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea really is to to to, to serve both sides uh, of the equation. And from the, from the author side, it's to to for 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 so many authors out there, it's really just. Uh, starting to, to 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 take a litmus test to see where you are, <clears throat> and if you've been just sort of shooting uh, manuscripts against the wall of a of, of a publisher uh, to help tell you why that's happening, if you've been bouncing back, um, 
and then from the publisher side of things, uh, to really weed through. So it's, it's, they really, like, as Mike was saying, they really don't have, the, the publishers don't really have the time to, to sift, to properly sift through. So, uh, they really do have to choose, uh, on reputation, on, uh, on, on things like reputation, uh, uh, have, uh, having a platform already in place, a marketing platform, and that could that could be whether you're a fiction person, uh, whether you whether you write nonfiction, whether you write in the business category. Um, and so they usually have to pick from that pool. In a lot of cases, we're going to be able to more carefully sift because we'll have these submissions from uh, from from would-be authors. I, I was I about to say wannabe, but it's, it's right. would-be authors. Would-be, absolutely. Um, from would-be authors, and and there's a lot of, as Mike was saying, there's a, a lot of quality writing out there that, uh, and writers out there that don't have platforms and that that, uh, that won't even get a chance. So so we're going to serve the publishing community by 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 grading uh, uh, these people's books using the objective criteria that we're mm-hmm. creating, and, uh, and and letting these people know where the cream is. You know, so uh, you know the publisher that uh, <clears throat> they really do want uh, quality writing and would love. In most cases, not to have to rely on just who's famous. Well, but uh, because, just, right. go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's true. I mean, we mentioned in the last segment. You know, I, I would assume you guys are looked at as the trusted source when it comes to, from from the publisher side. So they're they're looking to you to be able to make some good suggestions to them. So I think I mean, it sounds like a great service and a service that makes sense for both sides of the fence. And you're also, I mean, what a wonderful thing at the end of the day to create a legacy where you're helping, like you said, would be authors, people who have fabulous content but no platform in order to promote themselves properly to these publisher houses. You've got the ability to take them by the hand and bring them right into the office. I think that's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, it's just another side of what you know. Mike is, is already doing. It t- typically, I think Mike, Mike would admit this. He's, he's looking at me right now, and we've talked about it. He, I, I do this with my advertising firm. Uh, we both pick winners, and we were talking about this the other day. We we both uh, uh, made our money on, on 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 choosing winners well, which is essentially what publishers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it in the advertising uh, on the advertising standpoint because I can get in, up in front of a crowd and say that, hey, listen, my my clients. Uh, as a group, as a whole, have grown uh, 42% this year. That's something you won't hear a lot of advertising uh, uh, agencies tell you is, is uh, if their advertisers are actually growing. It's a strange business like that. They use, you know, the, the Clio Awards aren't even based on, on the performance of the advertiser. It's just on how flashy things are. Right. Um, Mike is able to put, if you, if you, if you go to promoterbook.com, you, you'll see that he's all, every author that he, he works with gets onto the bestseller list. And I'm not exaggerating. Every author he works with gets on the bestseller list. Right. Um, and he does that not because every author out there in the world is a great author. It's not, uh, he does it because he's great at choosing people who meet the criteria, which he has uh, selected beforehand, and saying, hey, these guys are going to sell. Um, so having that in his corner, the publishers know that about Mike. Right. And so uh, if, when the same company starts uh, giving them recommendations, hey, this is somebody you haven't heard of, um, this is a guy. They're gonna going to take notice, absolutely. Yeah, and so they're going to perk, perk up, which ought to give, which ought to give authors, um, you know, a little hope out there that hey, if we if we say you're going to, uh, if we give you a recommendation, if we give you a thumbs up, um, things should bode well for you. So it's it's it's, it's pretty good impetus to uh, to get your your ship in order and, and send it over to us and let us see where where you land. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about you picking winners. Okay. Yeah. Okay, tell us about the people that you've, or, or the companies that, that you've chosen to work with, sure. that, that you felt good about with, that you've, you've taken these companies, they've grown 42%, let's say, over the past year. What is it that you um, generally do, 
Like, how, how do you assess these companies? And then what kind of recommendations do you normally make? And what are essential criteria for success in your mind? Well, from my standpoint, an essential criteria is room to grow. Um, within a particular market and uh, and market niche, you'll rarely ever see anybody that uh, that's, that that gets that gathers more than thirty five to forty percent of of market share within that product category. Very strange how that glass ceiling forms, but it's just a fact of the world. So I typically find people who are getting to, who are already getting ten per ten percent or less of that product category's total sales in that market. If I can do that, then from my personal perspective, I'm going to have a, have a success because whatever I'm going to build them, um, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to be able to double and triple that in the first couple of years. But how? If you've got a company okay, mm-hmm. that, that's penetrating X amount of percent. Sure. Okay. Now you come on board. They've got their business model put together. What is it that you do for them differently than they've done for themselves that's allowed you to exponentially grow them across the platform? Typically, it's helping them communicate with uh, with the prospective customers that they don't already have um, what it is that company does well, uh, but on the basis of the customer. So it's you, you, you've heard it. Uh, the the Kramer said it well on Seinfeld when when he said that people want the sizzle, not the steak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, it's really relating to it, it's putting things not in the in, in the words of the uh, of the client, my client, the business. Um, but relating uh, relating that thing in in in, in, in the eyes of the uh, of the customer. So uh, speaking, we put it this way: speaking to the to, to the dog in the language of the dog about what the dog most wants. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So so, so we, that's uh, that's kind of we are we are Texans down here, so we, we put it a little differently. No, I'm um, with you. I'm married to one. Okay, good. Uh, good choice. Thank you very um, much. But it, it, it's really about communicating things um, from the perspective of the customer and, and starting with the supposition that your client really doesn't know scoot about, business, uh, about advertising and what the, what the customer usually wants about, uh, for, from a particular uh, product. And then it's really about coming from the idea that most people respond and make decisions based on emotion. Um, most people with most products. A lot of people will tell you it, a certain a certain product is about uh, price. That it's that it's always about price. It's how mm-hmm. much does this thing cost? Mm-hmm. When almost without exclusion, you can you can cut everything down. People make decisions based on their emotion, and then usually come up with the logic to say, "Well, right. that's okay for me." Right. Um, right. We and, and I, I worked with 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 Roy Williams, who, who's Mike's talked about quite a bit. Um, I worked with him when I was still in college, so I, I really come from his his train of thinking, uh, which is which is to say that people make decisions emotionally. So understanding what what matters to people about a, about a diamond ring, mm-hmm. um, a guy doesn't get up in the morning and think about the four C's. He doesn't think about color, carrot yeah. weight, yes, color, color and clarity. clarity. He I thinks about other things, right? And the other things matter to him. So if you can talk about her face and how she's going to look at you when you give her a diamond ring, that's going to be a lot more effective uh, than talking about uh, uh, the clarity and the carat weight and the education you'll get at, uh, at, at Michelson's Jewelers. 
Um, that's it. So using that sort of, and, and, and taking that same idea to, to lawnmowers or heating and air conditioning, people care about certain things, and they typically uh, tend to be emotional triggers. So it's, it's just how, how to talk to people about that. And then uh, writing in an exciting style, writing in, in, in ways that, uh, that, that don't seem like a commercial. We mm-hmm. have, uh, I kind of start with the supposition that, uh, that most advertising really, what's the strongest word I could use, really stinks. Okay. Uh, most advertising really, really stinks um, because it sounds like advertising. If you, if you listen to most radio advertising, which is where I cut my teeth, um, it, it has the same sort of tone. You can, you can turn on a jewelry commercial on most stations in the United States and you automatically get this reverent tone because it's jewelry. Right. Well, I would try to run like heck from that. Right. I, if that was, if, I would take a mar- market litmus test wherever I was. Um, and say, how do most people talk about this product in this product category in this market? How do most people talk about it? I figure that out and then run like heck the other way and do something completely different because the, a big idea is to not sound like advertising. No, I, I agree with you and I think it's something and, and, and I definitely agree with you in regard to things that people can identify with, hitting that emotional trigger like you said so that they're going to respond. Yeah. Um, something because that, that is at the end of the day and, and you know you said it right, I never actually thought of it in that way but people can, can rationalize or justify anything. And in yet- the end it's all emotional. Uh, you know, you, for a, a commercial for a Porsche might seem highly technical when they're talking about the 312 uh, horsepower, horsepower mm-hmm. that, that's produced by the flat six engine. Um, but that's really a visceral thing to me. I love cars and I like going fast. So right, and you want to hear you've got 312. Is an exciting, visceral, emotional thing. Right, and it's that's not, it's really not technical. No, and that and that is also taking a look at who is that commercial trying to appeal to. Obviously, the men. Exactly. Not the women, if I'm going to stereotype and, and condescend to or anybody the female, that, uh, anybody that gets into excited cars. by that. Right. But, but let's just say, predominantly speaking, that's a decision you have to make. What's your messaging? Who are you trying to? Because you can't please all the people all the time. And not everyone's going to identify with your messaging, but you've got to look at like the biggest, the broadest scope. How hard is it when you work with a company for them to, you know, because it's hard when you're inside a company, it's hard to see the forest for the trees. How hard is it for you to get the information out of them? to start developing these, these campaigns, and how emotional, emotional is it for them to, to divorce themselves, let's say, of like their predis, predisposed notions and kind of go that's, with... That's probably the hardest part of the process. Is, is we, we, have a, we have a term for that. We call that the uncovery, because it's actually like picking up... It, it's coming to a site, picking up the big boulders that are sitting there, um, looking under each crack and crevice, and trying to figure out what it is makes these people special. Because typically... For most products in, 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 in most markets, um, it, anybody that's, say, let's take, uh, let's take car dealers. Um, most car dealerships around the country are going to be pretty much vanilla. They're, they're pretty much the same. They can offer the same thing. So what, what is it about a certain car dealership that you could possibly say that you can't say about another car dealership? Well, it most likely doesn't have anything to do with cars. It most likely doesn't have anything to do with the way that they do business, right? Because most of those things are going to be equal. And you can find similar similarities, uh, you know, in disparate product categories. So mm-hmm. it's what can you find that these guys are all about or different? What's different about these guys? So it takes looking under all those cracks and crevices. It takes searching around. Maybe it's that this guy... Uh, went to a Catholic school, was beaten by nuns because he, because he once did something wrong. And so this car dealer is so, he fires people that he thinks uh, do people wrong. And, 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 and somehow the public uh, finds out about that. That's a really good thing. 
right? This is a car dealer so, uh, so enamored with, with justice that, that he, just, he, 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 he just he sweats truth. Well, I'm going I'm to love that about that guy, and I'm going to figure out ways to, 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 to use my advertising to just talk about the truth that this guy likes. That's going to be a big thing if I uncover that. Um, now, that has nothing to do with a car. It has nothing to do with, uh, with, uh, with their pricing or, their, or, or their, their payment system or anything like that, but it's something that's probably going to motivate people. I had a guy in Chicago that became the number one, uh, number one uh, Honda, Acura, and something else dealer by simply saying that he would do everything in the world uh, to be in your corner. And he happened to be a Marine. We sort of set that, we put it that way. And he happened to be a Marine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that were in the armed forces in, in, in the Chicagoland area. Who would prefer um, to do business with someone. That became a huge right? thing. Yeah, and that thing didn't come out until, yeah, you know, hour 15 with the guy at the, it was at the breakfast table at that point on day three. So, yeah, that's the hardest point about it. And it, it there's no set way to do that. It's pretty much you have to get to know the business. You have to get to know the people behind the business. And it's usually something that's going to catch you off guard. Um, but you, you usually know it when you see it, the little pebble of uh, something good. That, uh, that's Yeah, that's uh, emotionally, uh, uh, that's, that, um, that's sort of emotional gold. So now let me ask you another question from, from your experience, because to be honest with you, if I heard, um, I like the do-gooder thing, because I, I definitely, you know, that's sort of like my little mantra, you know, what you give sure. out is what you get back. But if I heard like, oh, and this guy was in the Marines, that yeah. personally would never drive me to purchase. Well, we, certainly, we, should, we certainly don't want to pander. And so the, the, it's all in the writing at that point. Um, so it, it's making sure that you don't make it sound like a promotion. Uh, and that's, uh, that, that's truly... Uh, that, that, that is an art form, is, is being able to, uh, to and, and so in, in, a lot of this, uh, in a lot of the commercials for this guy, uh, we'd start off, back when I was in the Marines, remember he's from Chicago, so he has mm-hmm. a Chicago voice, go, back when I was in the Marines, I was known for, for getting any, anything anybody ever wanted, and, and they also called this guy Poogie. Oh. Uh, because his last name was Pugliani. <laughs> okay. so that was something we found out at a dinner, and one of my junior writers said, he stopped the whole meeting and said, Poogie? They called you Poogie? <laughs> and so that was actually the, the kids oh, would actually, kids around the Chicagoland area said Poogie. They would, they would, they would mouth Poogie. That's when you know you have a good, uh, a a good, uh, right. a, a good radio brand going. Right. Um, when you get that sort of unsolicited advertising. But, so you start it that way. That's how I might introduce this. Back when I was in the Marines. So it's really understated. You know, mm-hmm. he's telling a story. Right. So, you know, of course, I would never uh, want anybody to pander that. And, 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 and it's not something that Poogie did. So, you know, you, you kind of want to match the way that the guy is actually real and, and, and uh, appealing. No, I like hearing you just say the word poogie. It's kind of fun for me. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was the, we actually had this little uh, repeating guy that would come in through, whenever in the advertising campaign, and, uh, and it was our, sort of his little audio signature that would go <laughs> poogie, poogie. <laughs> and and he'd t- sometimes he'd say it sort of like the, 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 the pizza guys with their uh, pizza, the pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah. yeah. That's actually so, one of my favorite commercials ever was a, was a little Caesars commercial. But that's, hey, you can't get that out of your head. You know, that's, uh, yeah, well, that's, I like uh, the pizza for a buck with a chicken slamming up against the rag top. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought Peter probably really like it that much, but I thought it was a pretty, you know, buck buck. Oh, I hey, know it. Hey, it's that works with you. It made a made a client for a lifetime out of you, so yeah. it has some utility. Actually, it doesn't. It just made brand recognition for me. I I don't really <laughs> like pizza. I don't like Little Caesars pizza, but sure. But you, I mean, you really you hit on something. I mean, the idea that you don't want to sound. You don't want to sound pan. You don't. You want to be a good person in your advertising. You want to. That matters more than ever these days because we have we have a uh, a BS meter. We have every one of us has is ingrained uh, these days uh, with a meter that tells us we're, we're being whether somebody's trying to sell us something. Hoodwinked or whatnot. And, and so you just you really have to be careful of, of even sounding like an advertisement. You'll do better than uh, with. Uh, you'll be do, doing better by yourself if you just say. Uh, hey, this is what we what we are. This is what we're about, and here's our product. Um, so let me ask you a day- question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's Go ahead. You, okay. I will. Um, <laughs> we're so polite. <laughs> um, how long? So if someone decides, you know what, we're going to take a different, we're going to take a different turn, and we're going to start doing something that's a little bit more subliminal, let's say, and, and take a different tact. How long should like the seeds be planted until you see them start to germinate, or um, maybe that's not the right tact to be taken? Uh, were there measurements in place that, that that you provision your clients with? Well, sure, and I, you know that's that's probably the first question I ask when I when I finally sit down and I'm talking with the new clients is you know how how are we going to measure this thing what are we looking for and of course a lot of people right off say well it's dollar signs you know zeros in the bank um, but but how long does that start turning well it, when you're talking about a long-term top of mind awareness campaign which usually <laughs> ends up driving sales mm-hmm. but that's uh, that that's that's typically what I do I don't do many sales based short-term uh, sorts of advertising campaigns. I could do those, but they don't typically work uh, in the long term. And I want my clients to continue to grow year after year after year, uh, so that I can grow year after year after year. Absolutely. Um, uh, in, in such a scenario, it usually takes a while. Um, there's 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 usually a chickening out period because a lot of these people that I'm dealing with uh, typically were doing promotions based advertising. So sometimes, here's the really scary thing. Uh, when you start doing one of these campaigns, very often you can see a drop in sales if you're if you're in, if you're doing retail uh, uh, if you're a retail business mm-hmm. um, because you're not talking about uh, a price today and coming in this weekend. Um, but what you will see first is is chatter, and you'll see people talking positively about your ads. Now, those certainly aren't that those aren't dollars in the bank, um, but it typically has it typically the smaller your market, the whether it's uh, you know, Paris, Texas. That's it's not going to take very long to penetrate uh, uh, the the the, right, right. the market in Paris, Texas. Now, in Chicago, I have I have a jeweler that I I deal with up there. That it took about two years before we really started to catch on. Um, but believe me, when when it's catching on to the number of people that it's catching on with in Chicago, that's it's a good solid. thing. So, so it's relative to your market size. Um, but there is a chickening out period. There is a, there is a time at which somebody who's been doing promotions-based advertising will ask, am I doing the right thing? And usually it's just a matter of saying, yes, you're doing the right thing, um, because you're not talking to the people that are in the market for that product today. Um, I mean, if you were, if you were to, to, to take out a piece of paper and, and, and you had a pencil and you were to, try, to, to put a tiny little dot in the middle of a, middle of a circle, that uh, in the in the middle of that whole page of paper, that's usually too big to represent the the percentage of people in any product category that are in the market for any product today. It's so small, unless you're talking about food, where almost everybody's in the market for that product. 
but it's usually a point oh oh number when you're talking about refrigerators or right. couches. Right. Um, less than a thousandth of uh, of the market is it, way less than a thousandth of the market is in the market for your product even this week. Right. The, the people want new kitchens about every seven to twelve years. So it's asinine anyway to talk to these people about today. You're talking to you're spending right. all of your money talking to those people that are in the market today. Mm-hmm. Why not talk to the people who aren't in the market for it? Who who might be in the market uh, next year? But make sure that they like you so that w- when they do need your product... You're top of mind for them. You're top of mind. Yes. That's the whole idea. So, yeah, it takes a while, and there usually is a lag, um, and that's sometimes really scary. Right. Now, and you know what, Chris What's and that? Mick? Yep. We are out of time. At, at the time. Uh, we are all your time every time. But, no, but Chris, you know what I'd like to do? What's is, that? Um, I would love to have you on again. Because sure. I think you've got so much, um, a lot of, of, of great information to share with our listening audience. I'd love Anytime. to have you. Good. Well, watch out. We're going to hold you to it. Uh, okay. and definitely I think talk we need a some... separate hour for Michael and Chris. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, he was trying to talk. I wouldn't even let him over here. Good. You just, you, you fend him back. No, I love, Michael's so interesting. And the things that he's been able to do from a book perspective is amazing. So, yeah, they are. Um, tremendously. I think that the two of you together are uh a trouble. We're a dynamic team, man. <laughs> we are trouble. <laughs> exactly. So I love what it is that you're that you're doing. So we definitely want to stay um, in touch with you guys and and be a part of. I'd love to be a part of the whole launch of of the new program that you have because I think this is going to be groundbreaking. And I'd love to be able to say, um, you know, that we had we had uh, some help in, in helping you guys to launch. Uh, Absolutely. Since, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you my number and you can call me anytime. Cool. I'll watch <laughs> Mick. How silly is this boy? <laughs> <laughs> She will call, Chris. Don't you worry. <laughs> I will. Hey, perfect. Other question I have, of course, Brandy, is who else is Michael Drew hiding in his network of people out there like Chris that that are yet to be discovered? I mean, I, I get a feeling he's been holding out on me all this time. I, I, think, I think there's a, a, there's a number a little bit deeper and, and find some more superstars for the show. I, you know what? I think I think what we're going to do is we're just going to we're just going to count on Michael to get us our killer guests, and they can all come from from his his bevy of awesome talent. So yes, definitely Michael Drewback. He's uh you know he's a staple here, and Chris, very interesting talking to you. And I'd love to have you come back and really talk more from a case study perspective and walk people sort of through um, a couple of case studies. I think that would be truly beneficial to our listening audience. I'd love to, anytime. Good. All right, so we're going to hold right. you on that. And Mick, you and I next week will be coming to everyone live from Boston. Boston, Webmaster World. Yeah, we're going to have some lobster. There we go. You're going to eat some lobster and some clam chowder with we'll me? crab cakes, huh? Hey, no, 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 no. Crab cakes is not Boston. I guess that's Maryland, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's Maryland. Get your, okay. you know, we're in so many states at so many times. Okay, so oh, no kidding. We have clam yeah. chowder and lobster in Boston. There you go. Sounds good. So we'll definitely... I, I, I ate some lobster up in... Kinnebunk Port have Maine. these lobster rolls. Totally, you know, I call my wife up and I says, hey, I can't decide whether to have the lobster roll or this other lobster something or other. Oh, and God, you're so funny. She, yeah, she said, she said, don't talk to me. Well, you know what? And this, <laughs> I'll tell you, this is such a goofy, silly story, okay? But um, we'll, we'll end with the story. Um, you know, Massachusetts and Maine and New Hampshire, the big thing is to have a lobster roll. And for those of you that don't know what a lobster roll is, it's lobster salad stuck into a hot dog bun, a hot dog roll. It's an awesome, well, no, more like a hoagie. Awesome sandwich, though. Yeah. Well, all right. So, like, my, my lobster rolls are in hot dog buns. So, <laughs> when I moved to Florida. Poor man's lobster roll. Oh, totally. Right. So, when I moved to, to Fort Lauderdale, my, I, like, I got a craving for home food, and home food was 
a lobster roll. So I started calling all these seafood restaurants going, hi, do you have a lobster roll? And they kept hanging up on me. And finally, the last restaurant I called, because I'm like going, why are people hanging up on me? Because it sounded like I was a kid. You know, like, hey, do you have a refrigerator? You know, is your refrigerator running? Yes, it is. Well, it's running down the street. You better go catch it. So finally, I said, oh, my God, what does this sound like? She said, well, it sounds like you're asking for a j- like a joke, you know? And finally, I did find one restaurant down here that has a lobster roll. So I'm a happy there camper. Well, hey, <sighs> it's been another exciting show. Terrific. Excellent. Fantastic. And uh, thanks to uh, Michael Drew and Chris Maddock for joining us and sharing all these insights. Wonderful. Absolutely. Um, tremendous, tremendous information. And we will tap into them again. And there, thank you very much to both of them for being a great contributor to uh, the marketplace. Thanks so much. Yay. All right, guys. Mick, I will see you next Wednesday in Boston. The rest of, uh, the rest of you listeners out there, stay tuned for the... Re- re- My God, there's something so wrong with me today. <laughs> stay tuned for our regularly scheduled programming. Enjoy. Webmasterradio.fm.